All right, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and here with me I have a special guest. Uh, may you introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex. Um, I referee a lot of dodgeball in the UK, and I've just stepped down as British Dodgeball's head of refereeing. That was a little bit of a modest intro. She was the head of the table <laughs> as far as uh, roughing goes. And um, I would imagine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, was ahead of, she was a former head of the table as far as uh, roughing and organizing goes. You know, I'm just going to try to keep this as genuine as possible. So as, as we did say former, but before we get into that, let's, let's talk about your dodgeball story. Um, when did you start uh, your involvement with dodgeball as a player? And how long ago was that? So I started playing right at the start of 2014. Um, And I got into the sport because my my friend Catherine, who I was at uni with at the time, were both engineers. Um, She she played and they were short of a woman for a tournament that they'd entered. Um, And she essentially dragged me along with her. (laughs) <laughs> uh would this be Catherine thomas yes it would <laughs> you say that with such <laughs> hesitation and regret it seems like <laughs> no no to be fair it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me so i can't really complain i mean that tournament itself was appalling like i'm fairly sure there was a set in it where five of us out of six had line faulted within the first 30 seconds Oof. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> talk about epic fails of epic proportions. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, to anyone, yes, I've had Catherine Thomas on at this point numerous times, and she'll have her own solo interview at some point next year. So that's what we were talking about. Um, would that have been your worst rookie mistake? Were you one of the five people who line faulted? Oh, yeah. Um... Okay, so you, you were included in there. You weren't just left stranded on no, we left um, our captain at the time, Molly, on court, who was significantly better than we were. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that was probably the worst set of dodgeball I've ever played. Um, <laughs> there, was a, there was a set, that um, a game that we played once, and I think I was probably about a year in. It took me really quite a long time to get throwing, to be able to throw kind of accurately within vaguely near a player Mm. Um, and there was a set once where the referee at the time essentially threatened to card to give us a yellow card because we were just throwing nowhere near the players on court and it wasn't because we were purposely trying not to it was just because we were really bad at throwing (laughs) so instead of being called out you were threatened with a yellow card yeah, so it was when we still played three ball. So you got a lot more warnings in three ball dodgeball. So if you threw invalidly, you get a warning and then they start calling people out. But I think we got to the point where he thought we were just taking the mick of it. Um, and actually we weren't, we were just bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have to ask you something because this this pod, yeah, this podcast is global. Mm-hmm. Taking the mick of it? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Care to explain <laughs> what that phrase would mean if you were talking to, A, an American? 
um, I guess he, he thought we were doing it on purpose. Oh, okay. Essentially just to wind up the opposition. Oh, okay. So like taunting. <laughs> yeah, which was really not the, <laughs> not the intention. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to taunt this guy. But I'm also going to miss just to just to piss him off a bit. Yeah. That, that's, that's the logic in refing people, I guess. Um, <laughs> so you, you ref, or I'm sorry, you played in the university scene. Did you ever play for, I guess you would call them a community club? or? Yeah, so team? I currently play for Nottingham Sheriffs for their women's seconds team. Uh, oh, really? Which I'm captaining, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So I'm not good enough for the first side. I spent too much time. I spent too much time rapping. Um but I'm quite enjoying the seconds team, and it's it's really nice that we've got enough women to have a seconds team because a lot of the women's clubs have struggled after COVID. Mm. Um, so yeah, enjoying that. And you say that's currently right. Yep. So then you would know, like, pretty much the cast of the neutral zone. Yep. <laughs> So a lot of them I got to know when I was at university because they were either at university with me or Dave and Jordan were at Trent at the same time. We were really good friends. So I want to ask you something. Mm. And this is going to be kind of funny to kind of just just poke a little fun for for now. Did you hear my interview with that entire uh, cast? I've heard bits of it. Okay. Um... Okay, so to not spoil it for anyone, uh, uh-huh. I, I suggest you guys listen to that one. Jordan made a comment that pretty much just like, in a playful way, I should say, made a comment uh, that pretty much just, you know, threw a grenade in the foxhole and ran kind of thing. Like, he just okay. shocked everyone who listened to it. Do you know what comment I'm talking about? Or can no. I give a hint? Okay, so uh, I'll tell you off camera, but it was regarding The Office. Television show. Uh, yep. Um, you know the comment, or do you know? No, where... but <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll just leave that for the viewers to go back to listen to. I'll, I'll let you know okay. off camera. But pretty much, um, I guess what I'm asking is, have you noticed any change in protection detail with uh, Jordan since a month ago? <laughs> nah, Jordan's Jordan's fine. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now, but once this gets, once this gets aired, I, you know I don't want to hear about nothing. All right, so you uh, obviously I was out with Jordan last week. I pray for you. Um, <laughs> I pray for you so much right now. Uh, the only person I've ever seen torpedo a full bottle of wine. He what? So torpedoed it, it. So um, it, it's the thing we used to do it uni so if, if you put a plastic straw in a bottle of, in a bottle and bend it over and then just drink out the bottle you end up drinking it really really fast because clearly air can get in the bottle so the liquid comes out much quicker so essentially jordan i have sat and watched jordan down bottles of wine in something like under 15 seconds the man of unique talents that he did not talk about okay no i'm not oh. surprised um well i'm definitely bringing this up in his interview okay so uh you move up to uh the sheriff second for women's uh how was your initial experience with them like your debut competitive game for them um a lot better than it was for nottingham uni um (laughs) 
Jesus Christ. No, I, I really enjoy playing for the Sheriff's Women. Um, they're a really good group. A lot of the, we don't, most of our players have pre- have now previously played at university, so the standard is just a lot better, um, which is quite nice. Um, I think university dodgeball is quite, a, because people are coming in from scratch and there's often not always a lot of people to teach them as they do, um, you end up with some players that are really quite good know a lot of it and then some players who really struggle to pick it up and I was definitely in the in the second category (laughs) (laughs) um but by the time I went to sheriffs I'd been playing for uh four years so I'd learned a bit more in that time and clearly we in that time we'd made the move to five ball which was quite a change so that really changed our the way I played because I was very much in three ball I was a person who liked to roll and catch when we were down uh, I didn't particularly like to throw um, so the, the I'm probably one of the I, I I think moving to five ball was a great thing for dodgeball as a sport I really think it was I'm one of the few people that didn't benefit well, okay so you said you were one of the first you were one of those roll it back wait for a catch type of people in three ball yeah um, would you say you're more you're more aggressive now in five ball? You individually? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think five ball does set itself up um, for that kind of play much more. It's all about taking more control of the court in three ball. I think I know I was much more timid. I think it would come across as uh, so. I just used to stand kind of in the back corner and hope that a ball would come in the right place for me to make a catch. <laughs> but three ball is so much easier to ref as well. You said three ball is easier to ref, but five is more set up for success? Definitely. Three ball is easier to ref because it's slower, mainly. And mm. there's only you only have to watch three balls at once. And most of the time, you only actually needed to watch one or two because only one or two was being thrown. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so you've, we've already covered your uni, and we already covered your your debut for, for Sheriffs. What got you into roughing in the first place? <laughs> what made you take that leap where otherwise players wouldn't? Um, so I, I pr- prior to playing and roughing dodgeball, I did used to referee netball. Um, which in the UK is a purely women's sport, mainly. Um, and I ne- essentially, I needed a bit of cash. <laughs> and Cath- Catherine had done a refing course, and she was going to ref Men's Premier League. And she, they were a referee short, so she basically turned around to me and said, Alex, you're a bit outspoken, you're, you're bossy, you'll be fine, you can come and ref it, just read these rules. Um, so I did, um, and we turned up to Leicester to ref men's Premier League. I'd never even properly seen men's dodgeball before, so I had no idea what I'd talked myself into. Um, and me and Catherine stepped on court and refed at the time what was Meteors playing Dirty Ducks, which is the first game of dodgeball I ever ref. So 
Dirty Ducks at the time were all ex-Warwick, who were very good, very drilled. Um, a lot of them now play for Spartans. Oh, and then, and then, it was, and then it was meteors who looked not dissimilar to how they look now. And um, we kind of stepped on and wrecked it, and it all just kind of happened, and it went fairly well. And then we finished the game and stepped back off, and one of the guys came up to us afterwards and was kind of looked at us and was like, I, "I've not seen you before. How long have you been doing this for?" And I turned around and said, "About half an hour." He's like really don't tell people that Alex <laughs> as soon as you said dirty ducks mm. and meteors I already yeah. knew the lineage uh, from Warwick to Spartans and I was just like wow that was your first game yeah that was your first game roughing yeah that was the they, first they pretty much just said you know what just read the handbook but we're going to throw you in the dirtiest foxhole we can find and you'll find your way out exactly yeah <laughs> i don't know how much of a history nerd you are but that's kind of like someone going through basic training in the military mm-hmm. graduating and then two weeks later they're storming normandy as if they're expected to know what to do yep <laughs> yeah i think that's fair <laughs> <laughs> And I think right. at the time, it was only like the second um, kind of day that Catherine had raft. So it wasn't like she got a load of experience either. So it was her second day and your first? Yep. <laughs> so in, in, in the interview um, that I had with the neutral zone, she mm-hmm. playfully joked that... Um, she was playfully bullied to join the cast. Would you say that she playfully bullied or tricked you into roughing that game? Or did you not know you were roughing that game until you got there to the gym? I didn't know we were roughing that, that game until we got there. And to be honest, <laughs> I didn't know who any of the men's teams were anyway. So I didn't know enough to, to be phased by it because I just didn't know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So let, let, let's let's play an alt, let's play a what if. Um, had you known the the caliber of players you'd be roughing, would you feel you'd be nervous, or would you go in there and like Catherine said, be bossy? I'd have probably been nervous if I'd have known who I'd signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, wow. I mean, right into the fire right away, huh? Uh, so yep. after that, your first impression, obviously you. You, know, you did your best, mm-hmm. and that's all we can ask. Um, what inspired you to continue that path? I mean, obviously you said you needed a little cash at the time, but was that it, or was there something else? No, I I think I'm one of the few people for the, that a lot of the time I do enjoy refing because you get a front row seat to some of the best dodgeball matches going, um, and some of some of the stuff is really quite impressive. And if you've, to me, if you've got the personality that you can make a decision and stick with it, then you'll be a decent ref. Um, But no, I I strangely enjoyed it. So it kind of stuck. I kept going back. I got to ref more and more big stuff. I quite 
like the big games a lot of the time now. <laughs> um, I've breathed some, I, I guess what people in dodgeball would call some very big games. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I know you had Jaff on a few weeks ago. I ended up reffing the Spartans Meteors game that he was talking about um, on that with Catherine. So, which was an excellent game. It was, it was a, it's, it was my favourite kind of dodgeball game because it, it's fast and it's intense. Um, and it's a really great spectacle. And if you get the repping right, then it's a really good feeling. So then, okay, that's, I mean, yeah, I, I saw that, I saw that game. They, they posted it on YouTube. Um, wouldn't that be harder to rough though? If it's like kind of going back and forth in such a violent, frenetic pace? I, or do you feel like you have the vision to kind of still make the call, whatever you see? I, I wouldn't say we always get it right because no, I, ne- I know I definitely don't. But I always think when I step into a game like that, there's just this weird, like, to me, there's a weird sense of calm, which probably makes no sense because clearly it's all manic and fast and unpredictable. Right. But I kind of step on court and I know, I know what my job is. I know what I'm doing. And I'm fairly confident that, I'm one of the best at it. So that there's yeah, there's there's confidence that comes with that. There's a certain sense of just you just do it. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that's probably fair. not a very good answer. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a fair answer to be to be honest. So I kind of wanted to ask this then. Um, to kind of like see how, how different roughing culture is between here in the States or between UK and the States, I should say. Uh, sometimes the best refs here are relatively known and often are the most requested for said the big games and major games, whatever. Do you find yourself in a position where let's say, let's say a lot of the refs there will ref. I'm just going to spitball a number five games in an open. Do you find yourself refing more so because people request to have you on? Or do you happen to just be assigned a little more than the average based on your reputation and and results? So, so in the UK, you can't request a ref. You get the ref you're given, okay. essentially. Um, the catch being that, that, or at least until I left, I allocated the referees. Um, for all the UK dodgeball events. So generally I look at the games that are going to happen at a league meet and I will try and allocate what I see as the um, kind of the stronger refs, the refs that I know will be able to control that game to the games that need it. And so in some circumstances, that means that I just allocate myself um, because we have ref, we have some refs that have been doing it quite a long time. We have some refs that are really quite new still. Mm. And as much as it's how I started, I don't actually think it's particularly fair to chuck <laughs> brand new refs into games like that. So I think we should we should teach them first because otherwise we'll just scare them off. <laughs> so you said you allocated them. Yes. 
Okay, so yeah. I guess the, ne the, the next question, because I, I actually had no idea you did that personally. Um, yeah, so a big part of my job was organizing to make sure that we had referees at all the events, but also training new referees. And so I taught a lot of the refing courses that we have in the UK. Um, I do a lot of, I did a lot of mentoring of new referees when they first started so that they could get better. So like what Aiden Woodall does for the coaching courses, you're sort of the head of the refing courses in that sense? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, now, now it's coming together. Now the pieces are coming together, so to speak. Um, you, you, you ref internationally, of course, or for international events, I should say. Yes. So, uh, what was your first one? Uh, my first was, well, I think my first was a Six Nations tournament. Um, which will have been in about 2016. But my first Euros was Glasgow. That was the first big one. So the Glasgow Euros? Yeah. And how was that experience like? I mean, obviously, I mean, you're, if you jumped in from roughing uh, Dirty Ducks and Meteors, I mean, you couldn't get – <laughs> and then you jump up to roughing <laughs> Nationals. It's like you just have a tendency of just jumping in the fire yourself at this point. Yeah, I think – yeah, by that point, I just cemented it that that I was sticking around and, yeah, um, Glasgow was great. It was, in fact, Glasgow wasn't even the first big tournament I refed. It will have been the World Cup, won't it, in Manchester. Yeah, I remember that. That was a fun uh, <laughs> little stream I saw. How was that, how was that uh, introduction of Fireball on the world stage like? That was absolutely exhausting because so, we've never <laughs> I'd never played five ball we essentially got given a new set of rule, rules and we looked at it and was like what the heck is this <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what we're expecting um, and Catherine refed it with me and we only got to see five ball played once before we turned up to ref the World Cup. And that was at a Scotland training session. Scotland <laughs> invited us to their training session to, so that we'd at least have seen it before we turned up. The one thing I noticed about that event was there was a lot of discussions among the refs. Um, yeah. How close to the event or how far away from the event did you guys get that? the rule book as far as how to call things, where to look for them? Uh, really not very. Something like two months maybe, um, which is not a lot of time to digest something that you've only get to see once. <laughs> and on top so, of that, you have your own daily life to worry about as well. You don't really want to study all that. Exactly. And I think <laughs> we're not, um, some a lot of the refs at the World Cup were quite new so I think considering at the time me and Catherine were probably some of the more experienced there were a lot of very new referees and just a lot of stuff that until you see it in a game you don't really know what the calls are going to look like how, how it's all going to flow properly and things like that so there was a lot of, yeah, there's, there was a lot of stopping at that World Cup and to discuss decisions. And we all really wanted to get it right. 
um, it was the first time that in our world that we'd seen dodgeball on a world kind of stage and we just we, we wanted to get the answers right but in, we try now to do much less stopping and discussing things you, you can't get rid of it entirely because there will always be things that I see one thing and then the person over there sees another thing or, or I've just not seen it properly but we can try and minimise it so that the games do actually flow better. Mm. How do you feel? Um, at, well, actually, before we ask that, uh, what was the, the more like highlighted games that you worked at or you refed at in the Manchester? What games stick to mind? The, <laughs> the best game and the most difficult game I, I refed there <laughs> was Wales playing Malaysia in the men's. Um, the semi-final? Yeah. And I I don't watch back games that I've refed generally as a rule. Um, and I still don't know if we got it right. And I have watched it back and I still don't know if we got that right. <laughs> so, but it was, a, it was a really excellent game of dodgeball to see because the Malaysian team just used the court so much. They actually they properly used all the space that they had, and that was whereas the 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 England teams and the Welsh teams etc were much more reserved because that's what three ball was like. So it was really interesting to see teams use all the court space and be much more attacking and um kind of there was a lot of really great like jumps and blocking and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was my that was the best game that I saw, but also the what the hardest to ref. And why is that? Why is it that you don't watch back games that you ref? Refing's a really hard job because people people won't people very rarely come up to you and tell you you've got it right. It's generally people who think that you've made a mistake. So as much as Sometimes I think, yes, I want to watch what I've done back so that I cannot make the same mistakes again. And sometimes I think, well, if I watch them back, I'll just torment myself over the fact that you might have got something wrong, um, which I don't think is particularly useful. And I, I'm too much of my own critic, I think. So I would sit and scrutinise every decision that I made if I started watching everything. That's fair. And... Um... What do you say, what would you say to a ref who maybe makes that mistake and scrutinizes themselves to, to a point where maybe they just try to walk away? How, how, do, you, how do you mentally keep them yeah. uplifted? Because I could honestly say, like, yeah, refing is in a way thankless, probably more yeah. so. But, it's really uh, easy to lose confidence, I think, in refing. You can really let it get on top of you. And I, the way I see it is that once the game's done, it's done. You've just got to forget about it and move on. Um, and a lot of the... I ref... I, or I, I still ref a lot of men's Super League. And people will come up to me after the games and go... Alex, you know this decision, this this was wrong, this is why it was wrong. 
And my mentality is always, I can't remember what happened five minutes ago. My memory's useless. But actually, that work that that works really well because if you can't remember what you've just done, if you can't remember the set once it's over, then you can't dwell on it. And that works really works in the refing favour. You've just got to take every game at face value, and every, every game is a new it's a new set of people. It's it's a new set of circumstances. What happened in the game previously is irrelevant. Um, I think the other big thing that I'd say is you can very easily get caught up if you start to look at schedules and tables and stuff, you can very easily get caught up in how important a game is to the mm. teams on court. You ref a lot better if you don't know. Because <laughs> you, you you don't have, you don't feel the weight of it. Whereas if you think, well, this is going to... Dis- this is going to decide the title, then that's quite a lot of weight to carry. Whereas if it's just, well, this is just another game of dodgeball, then that's a lot easier to deal with and to stay confident in what you're doing. So ultimately you'd rather, you if you were to talk to a ref who was going through something like that, you would just tell them just to look at the game just as a game, not so much this is, for third or fourth place or promotion delegation or relegation or a title, just, just pay attention to the game at hand, not so much the stakes. Definitely. Um, and for the first at least few years of my refing, I just never actually paid enough attention to who the names were that I was refing um, because it didn't matter to me. And it's now I'm a, I guess a much bigger part of the community. I know a lot more people. Um, you, you can't really do the, the job that I did and not know who the big players are. Mm-hmm. So, and you can't ref a final and not know it's the final. It, it doesn't work like that. But definitely for new refs starting out, it, it's trying to get out of that um, cycle in your head that this is really important or... The other big one is that they've been in the game so much longer than me. So when they argue with me, they must be right. That's quite a Mm. dangerous one, I find, especially when we're trying to get new refs in. And we we really need to keep getting new refs because as much as I don't want to give up dodgeball yet, at some point we are all going to have lives and kids and or whatever it is. Like we're not... I'd love to think that we're still here doing this when we're 50, but you never know. (laughs) But part of growing, the continuing to grow the sport is that we need new referees. We need it like, just like we need new players. And I've seen a lot of refs who question themselves because someone senior, someone who's been in the game a long time tells them they're wrong. And actually a certain amount of that is you have to be, to referee and to referee well you have to be fairly sure of yourself um, and you have to be willing to almost ignore those people um, because they're not always right especially if they're playing on court at the time they're quite often not right (laughs) so I guess there's a 
Okay, the next question I want to ask, um, I'm kind of like drawing blanks right now, but um, yeah, I know you don't get a lot of thanks in that sense, even though I've asked people privately when, when I've met, you know, only a handful of people and they all sing your praises. Um, what has been one of the most positive experiences you've had coaching or after coaching a game? Has there ever been someone who like, because you always say you hear a lot more about the mistakes you made. Have you ever heard anyone congratulate you on something you did right or just simply being there? Any positive yeah, to the fact? Def- definitely. So what I, I'm a really big fan of the Northern Ireland team. And a big part of that is because when I refed a, I think it was North European champs, which was in the UK somewhere, And it was three days long and it was 12-hour days of staring at a dodgeball court and trying to make the right decisions. And by the end of it, we were absolutely exhausted and some of it had been really hard to ref. Some of the, like, there'd been quite a lot of arguing and stuff. And they, they made the effort to invite us out for dinner and to the pub afterwards. Oh, and actually, that was like that was the first time that it kind of felt like us as referees were properly included, um, and that people actually appreciated that they they did need us. Um, but yeah, and we we had a great night. Got quite drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely regretted it the next day. <laughs> but, uh... But that was the first, um, yeah, that it really felt like, no, we were appreciated. And actually, I think it's something that I found quite a lot at the at things like Euros, that the referees do seem to be much more appreciated at that level than they potentially do at the domestic. So it was the entire Northern Ireland, uh, was it the men's team, the women's team, or just the entire program that invited you out? The entire program. I think that at the time it was their kind of manager or head coach that actually said, no, we're doing this. We're taking them out. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that, that I, I have an awful lot of respect for the Northern Ireland team as a whole. I think they're great. And they do at every international thing I've been at since they've made the effort to make sure that we are going out on the final night and we are like someone has invited us out to the party and stuff like that. So that's really <laughs> nice. Um, anyone else, anyone on the domestic level that kind of gave you some kind of acknowledgement or is it more so up top? I think I've, I've had quite a lot of um, thank yous, etc. actually since I've, um, announced that I'm standing down um, which has been really nice actually for me to see that it was worth it over all the time but yeah and I think particularly some of the women dodgeballers because I think refing as a woman and I'm quite sure I'm five foot two so <laughs> me standing and refing the men like men's super league can't, like does look really quite intimidating at times from my point of view um, <laughs> because clearly they do just tower over me a lot of the time 
so <laughs> just every so often that just gets a little bit much and um someone in fact it was uh, I don't know if you know Henry Skinner from oh, of course yeah so <laughs> he he says that I do sassy reffing and that I do yeah so I just get a face on me when I'm when when people have annoyed me a little bit too much <laughs> and it's it's just a do not mess with me anymore face apparently so I'm told <laughs> I don't see it but <laughs> yeah and everyone just backs off okay. which I quite like and then yeah I get I think we are getting better at appreciating the referees and the part that they play. Right. Um, and there are, particularly, I think the men's Super League players and the number of the women's Super League um, players, I have a lot of time for the London Storm women. Um, they've been really supportive at times when it's not quite gone to plan. Um so yeah, it's it's getting better, I think. It's getting better. I'd like to think so. I think we're trying to do a lot of work in a raising the standard of refereeing in the UK. Um but also in yeah, in getting the players to appreciate that you you don't have dodgeball without referees. Like it's that's, fairly fundamental. Yeah, that's true. Um I can't get over this this phrasing sussy. Sussy. Uh, <laughs> I Okay, so we have an we have a phrase I think that's kind that would translate to that in American or in, mm -hmm. in America. Can't say it on air though, but I think I know what he's trying to say. Um is I'm sorry, anytime I hear something what I call British slang, I always have to like mm -hmm. think how do I say this for us here, for the view listeners here to understand? Um, I'm just going to say the acronyms. I think that's what I can get away with saying that. RBF. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what that means after. Um, okay. But anyway, <laughs> but anyways, um, how, how long were you uh, organizing the whole thing? I think that's one thing I forgot to ask. How long were you like delegating um, and being at that position? So... I've been officially doing it for British Dodgeball for two years now, but unofficially for the best part of five. <laughs> so obviously you said you were stepping down and mm -hmm. this is how you kind of more so came into the radar. Um, on December 2nd, British Dodgeball posted something very lengthy as far as a thank you note to you with yeah. the ending being, we want to say a massive thank you from the whole team and on behalf of the entire British Dodgeball community for all of your hard work over the last few years. Good luck in your future endeavors and we wish you well. We hope you enjoy your break and we can't wait to see you at future events. Please leave. Oh no, that's, that's for the listen. Please leave yeah. any messages you have for Alex in the comments. Um, how did it feel when you saw that? Because obviously, for an organization to acknowledge you in your, I don't want to say your final hour, but in your final shift, so to speak, in that way, how did, how did that acknowledgement and the subsequent post make you feel? 
Um, I, it was really sweet. I, it, I didn't choose to step down lightly. I think it's taken me quite a long time to come to this decision. And dodgeball has essentially been my entire like free time, non-working time for the last five years, at least, and probably for longer than that, really. Mm. And yeah, so it, it, it's really nice that it was a really nice post that they did. It's really nice that people have started to appreciate it. I'm, I'm kind of sad that I've ended up stepping down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the right thing for me, I guess. <laughs> so with that being said, um, are you going to be just more or less being a spectator of the game or what's your next step? So I'm going to keep playing. Um, okay. I might, I might occasionally referee the something if I feel like it. <laughs> yes. more um, like it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how good I'll be at actually not getting involved because <laughs> it's quite a it's quite a shift when it it's all you've known for the last five years and you get to take that leadership role and you get to fix things and try and make them better. Um, it's it's going to be quite quite difficult for me to not try and interject and put myself <laughs> back in. <laughs> so you're saying um, not the, the sheriff's women uh, or the sheriff's club as a whole, we should, they should invest in like some uh, ankle weights and <laughs> probably maybe like some 50 pound uh, uh, Kevlar vest for you to hold you down during the final probably, game. It's probably going to be needed. <laughs> All right, so this is going to go out to everyone um, in the sheriff's club. Uh, if you see her, <laughs> you know, having it, having that like what I call uh, happy feet and trying to jump into the finals of whatever game you're watching, um, just Greco-Roman, wrestle her down, just keep her down, <laughs> have her enjoy her retirement. She's done enough. Um, you say that would be more of a mental thing, though. Like the 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 biggest adjustment is more so mental. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so clearly you have an extensive history, and obviously I'm grateful for you to share that. But I also want to ask you, um, ask anyone really, um, the legacy question. So stepping down from the position you are, but not from playing, how would you like to be remembered? I'd, I'd like people to think that I made the refereeing of the sport better um, because I'd say a lot of the work that I tried to do somewhat successfully, I think, was about improving the general standard of refereeing and making it more professional. So, I mean, I, I, I would like to be remembered as a great ref, um, but I'd also like people to think that we've done a lot of work in the background to just improve uh, reffing as a whole and help the sport grow in that way. So a couple of things I wanted to go over. Um, one, I do like to think that in time, um, the position of refereeing as much of a chore as I see it, and this is my personal perspective, it is one that is needed and you're definitely great at it. Um, that's one thing. Two, 
I think just because of the type of person you are and the high level games you've you know committed yourself to, people have a sense of respect for you, despite you saying you're five foot two, which kind of makes me feel like a giant if I were to stand next to you because I'm not that I'm only five I'm only five ten and a half, so I'm not that <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I, literally I, I say that kind of you know. I guess you say ignorantly, but I'm only I'm only five eleven and a half. But if I sat next to you, I feel like an NBA player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which means I have a chance at playing basketball in British stuff uh, in in Britain. So hey, you know, someone <laughs> signed me. Um, I still got my handles. Uh, I think people are going to respect you, whether you're five foot two or not. I think your reputation speaks for itself. I think your character speaks for itself. I think the the fact that pretty much an entire organization invited not just you but the refs out it shows that there's a change in the uh, a culture change as far as how we view refs now not to say you're perfect none of us are but the level of emotion you shared as far as trying to get everything right and trying to more so elaborate that you do your best is very evident i mean one thing about listening to you uh, that I can honestly say is that you put your heart in everything you do. You don't, I'm just going to say it, you don't half-ass anything. And I think people appreciate that. And I think the comment section in that goodbye post um, is evidence of that. I mean, just to list off the names of people who said some positive things about you, um, let's run them down. So when uh, British Dodgeball gave you that post, one of my best friends, uh, Hannah Catterall, uh, she loves you very much. <laughs> she, huh? I, re- I really like Hannah. Uh, she always <laughs> makes the effort to see if we're having a good day or not and just chat, which is really nice. Nah, she, she, she's cool people. She's one of my dogs. Um, ben McAdam, Marianne McDougan. I probably butchered that. Sorry. I'm sorry. McDougan. Sorry. That, that's my that's the the American in me. Sorry, um, <laughs> Pam O'Brien, Heron or Harry Bignell. I'm sorry, yeah. these the names kind of threw me off a bit. Um, yeah, you have a bunch of people who are showing you love. Um, Zoe Wells, Dom Smith, but there's the list can go on and on. I mean, you stepping down for yourself. I mean, I say do it, enjoy it. You know, your <laughs> legacy is cemented on that end in more ways than one. And you set the standard for refing and the standard of communication with refing and, you know, pretty much the, the measure of greatness as far as refing is measured by you. So thank you. Enjoy this step. Enjoy this. Uh, enjoy the step down and know that you're always welcomed. You're always thought of and cementing your story has been a great honor on my end. Thank you. No, I've, I've had some great years refing. so before i let you go on your little holiday break that i'm sure we're all gonna take um hey that rhymed uh uh, do you have any shout outs you like to give um yeah i guess thank uh, i i can't not say thank you to Catherine because she dragged me into this in the first place (laughs) in in, in terms of both dodgeball and refing um and I guess also thank you to all the people over the years that I have bullied into roughing because <laughs> there are many. 
<laughs> oh, so you're a bully. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people, some people would say so. <laughs> Not so but, much the sweetheart you painted yourself out to be. Well, mm, <laughs> I think that depends <laughs> who you ask. That's fair to ask. That's for don't worry. I've asked plenty, and people say you are a sweetheart. I've not heard one person say you've been a bully. But I guess I didn't ask enough people then, huh? Potentially not. <laughs> <laughs> so to all the people you bullied, to Catherine, thank you for what you guys did in making this happen here. So um definitely one. All right, everyone, and that was my interview with Alex Nelson. Thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story. Um, she's highly acclaimed in England, and I figured now that she's stepping away, uh, now is a perfect time as any to grant someone the honor of having their story immortalized, considering the positive impact she's had on everyone's lives. Um, as we embark on the holiday season, uh, I know I probably said it before, but I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna take a two week break between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and yeah, you know, I'll let you know who my next guest will be <laughs> as soon as I solidify dates and reconfigure that. Um, also, I wanted to send a shout out to the family and friends of Tristan Pinier. Um, just want you to know that you're missed, you're thought of, and you're prayed for, and. As the holiday season and as we embark on the holiday season, um, rather than focus on gifts that can atrophy in value over time, rather than focus on the social media likes, and what have you, focus on the bare, bare core of what the holiday season is supposed to be about, and that's spending time with your loved ones and not taking that for granted. So, if you have an opportunity, and we always have these opportunities daily for yourself and for me hug your loved ones extra tightly, let them know they're loved, let them know they're appreciated and let them know. That's ultimately what I can say. Never regret the final moments you have with anyone and cherish every moment you can, you can have with them, your loved ones, close friends, family, um, to those who've helped you get to that point in your life where you're successful and to, to those who've helped you or will continuously help you to get further. Like the spark that Tristan gave in people's lives, may that continue for you. May that be perpetual in a world that's getting dark. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Happy holidays and uh, see you on the next one.